All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the No Notes podcast. This is H Double, episode five. And while I don't have Maddie B here with me today, we actually have our first substitute of the podcast. Uh, Matt had to take a, a personal leave today, although he was ready to do it yesterday when we we're normally supposed to upload it, but I had to postpone to today. But then Matt had to, to take a leave. So we figured we might as well bring someone new to the to the show, you know, to, to co-host with me. And this is the first episode of that happening and probably many more because we plan to run this podcast for a while. And so with me, I have my my new roommate, actually. So he's right down the hall. Uh, Sam Cook, uh, you want to yes. say hello to everyone? Hello. Hi, guys. Yeah, my name is Sam. Um, <laughs> you have a lot of collusion going on in the schedule. <laughs> Charles and Matt can't make up their minds, so I'm here to you guys today. The followers of this uh, podcast know Sam very well, and they love him dearly, so they're going to be pretty thrilled oh, yeah. on this episode. Oh, yeah. But, Fan favorite, definitely. Yeah, you'll probably you'll probably be back for more episodes in the future. So, for sure. yeah, we're uh, we're excited, you know, to, to uh, upload another podcast. It's a day late, but we're, we're going to continue to pump out two podcasts a week. Hopefully every Monday and Friday with the, the video version here on YouTube and then the audio versions on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So make sure to go check those out. But yeah, so today, Sam, uh, we are going to, we already talked about this a little bit. Uh, we're going to dive kind of into the NFL preseason, uh, kind of the, I know it's only week one, so there's not too much that happened, but there are a couple of, you know, interesting storylines. So we'll, we'll take, kind of take a dive into those. We'll talk a little bit more about, um, you know, the, as you being a, a Chiefs fan, you're also wearing your Cardinals hat, the, the Tyreek versus Usain Bolt right. uh, race yeah. rumors that it's uh, supposedly might happen or there's a lot of, you know, trash talk between the two. Mm-hmm. And then since uh, we haven't talked about it on the channel at all yet, uh we're going to jump into some baseball, which is your specialty. So uh, yeah, that well, that, that'll be something that you can really help, uh, you know, get the viewers, get the viewers yeah. and the listeners to, to hear. Because oh, yeah. we haven't talked once about the MLB yet. Because, uh, you know, the postseason for the MLB is coming up, you know, it'll be coming up quicker than we think. And so you're mm-hmm. kind of the, a, a big baseball guy. So, uh, yeah. Right. And I just want to say real quick before we jump into it, uh, I know you and I are on the same internet and it's real good. We have good internet because you're not lagging an inch, but with Matt, oh, yeah. I mean, no offense to Matt or anything. And he knows too, but like he cuts out, jump. he cuts out a lot and his video cuts out, but like, you're like crystal clear and That's you have cut out. So as long as, as long as our internet doesn't cut out, we should be fine. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's good then. Yeah, All right. I'm- from the from the podcast that I've seen, at least there's there's been a few times where right, Matt's yeah, a out a bit. It's a little bit of a, a struggle, but it's all right. We make do with it. Yeah. All right. Fun. So we'll first talk about you know the NFL preseason. Is there any like is there any you know big thoughts that you had about the NFL preseason from what you saw? Right. I know you didn't pay too too much attention and obviously it's only the preseason but was there anything that caught your eye that happened at all during preseason um no i wouldn't say so um there's been a lot of rookie quarterbacks that haven't really impressed but they've all played week one or week two in the preseason um there wasn't really any stellar performances um as far as that i think 
there was one player though that did fairly good. Um, the Patriots running back. Uh-huh. Yeah. Matt and I talked about him a little bit. He had like a 91 yard run. Yeah. Like two touchdowns in a game. That's that's really good for preseason stats, definitely. Yeah, I actually that's not what I was expecting you to answer because I thought there was some some good quarterback play from the rookies, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. I thought uh Justin Fields really looked well in his, you know, time he got on the field and uh right. week one of the preseason. I thought he played great. I thought Trey Lance, he had actually had a really good throw for an 80-yard touchdown, which uh we'll we'll jump into this a little later, but not many people saw that or anything. Cause I feel like a lot of people were focused on the failed Tim Tebow block that went viral. Mm-hmm. So, but we'll, we'll talk about him in just a little bit. But yeah. I thought that uh, some of the rookies played pretty well. Um, mostly, you know, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. I thought Mac Jones wasn't too too bad either. And there's a lot of quarterback uh, duels, and not all of them are the rookies, but there's a couple others like, um, you know, Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, which both of them played really bad in the preseason because they had like six turnovers, I think in that first preseason game. And then uh, Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater on the Broncos. That's another quarterback, you know, battle uh, that is going to come probably down to, you know, week one. And then obviously with the rookies, you know, Justin Fields and Andy Dalton, Mac Jones, Cam Newton, Justin, did I already say Justin Fields, Andy Dalton? I just did, yeah. Uh, Yeah, Trey Lance, Jimmy G. So there's, you know, a lot of quarterbacks that – have you know there's a lot of quarterback yeah. duels and the preseason is gonna you know really be the turning factor and if some of them go you know week one and I feel like with the rookies it's gonna be um I mean Justin Fields played great I don't know if the Bears expected him to play that well but you know with rookies like that they're kind of hesitant to start them when they have veterans you know our quarterbacks on the already on the field but you know if they continue the stellar play it makes a tough decision if you just want to roll with the rookies week one, you know, especially if like the 49ers who have a Super Bowl, you know, contending team. And it's like, do they want to throw in Trey Lance, even if he played great in the preseason, or do they want to stick with Jimmy G, you know, because like he's a veteran quarterback. And so it's really, I, I, that's the one thing probably from the preseason that's like the most, uh, I guess you could say the most exciting aspect is when the quarterback, there's like two quarterbacks that are, dueling for a spot, you know, like the, the starting spot. And because, you know, the quarterback is the quarterback, it's probably the most popular position. And so I'm really intrigued. And I feel like this year there's a way more quarterback battles. So it's going to be kind of uh, fun to see, you know, how that goes about and then who eventually starts with one. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely going to be exciting for as the terms for quarterback battles and same with any other position, really. Uh, there's a lot of rookie, like, wide receivers and running backs that will mm-hmm. um, make a big splash in the preseason. But it it really, at the end of the day, it's it really comes to be exciting to see, um, like, the decisions that the head coaches make for, like, who will start as quarterback, who right. will start as running back, and yeah, every other position, you know? Yeah, so it is. I'm, it's, it's always the most exciting part to me, at least for the preseason. Um, I know everyone's super happy that football is back and all, but I just don't get the whole – I don't get, like, the complete vibe from an active football game, you know. When I sit down and watch a preseason, I just don't feel like it's the same, you know. 
it, you're basically seeing like a bunch of practice squad people play right. and they're they're yeah. playing an exhibition football game but still like they're not fighting to win they're just fighting to get a place on the actual roster you know yeah i really think like i mean that honestly though it leads to good football but also sloppy football because obviously if they're the practice squad guys they're not going to be as you know like they're not going to be as talented and as accustomed to you know the playbook and stuff so there's going to be more mistakes and stuff like that but at the same time it's also good football because a lot of these guys are fighting for a, a roster spot fighting for a job so they're gonna you know give you know you know as much effort as a normal player would in you know the normal season so and i but i think there's a little bit of extra emphasis because they're fighting for you know a roster spot and so there's those two aspects to the nfl preseason now for me personally i'm not that interested in it but i remember we were watching the uh the bills and lions uh, into the game, which actually was a, a good game for football. You know, like it came down to the game winning drive. Um, right. To your point, you know, you're, you weren't sure why you're not sure why fans are, you know, kind of so like the hyped about, but like <laughs> that Lions, you know, crap was really like into the game. Like they were really loud, even though it was only the preseason. And so that just shows you how much also football, you know, American football, how much of an impact it has not only in sports, but in the country. And, you know, it's people love their football. That's all I'll say. And so they're already getting on it early. I know a lot of people are still like, you know, maybe the casual fans like you and I, maybe not the diehard fans, like who are at the games, you know, we don't really, we're really talking about because we, you know, we have this podcast, which is fine and all, but we don't really care about the preseason. But like I was talking with Matt about this last week you know, the preseason games happen. It's kind of like, what? But then, like, you know, as soon as that last preseason game happens, and it's like the Monday or Tuesday after, and then, you know, Thursday night football is coming up, we're all, like, we all, like, just jump into, like, all right, here comes football season, and then we're just all on board. It right. goes from, like, 5% on board to 100% on board, just yeah, like that. You no, know, I, I agree with everything that you're saying, pretty much. Like, it's just the entire, like, culture, almost. Yeah. Well, brains. And we, I guess just everyone gets excited because we miss it for so long. Like the seven, eight mm-hmm. months without football, you know, we all just get yeah, and then excitement bundles up for it, you know. And last year, you know, luckily there was a season, but obviously there wasn't that many fans. And it was still kind of a weird season in terms of, you know, uh, COVID cases and games getting, like, postponed, players being out. So it was still a little bit of an odd taste from last year. But this year – hopefully it feels like it's going to be like kind of back to a full normal football schedule. And so that's going to be really exciting. I think that's what we've been, you know, missing uh, in the sports world for sure. And we kind of got that with the NBA and the playoffs. It kind of felt like normal again, like normal NBA, because the bubble was obviously not normal <laughs> um, at all, but By far, yeah. like, and even the season wasn't that, you know, int- interesting, but like the playoffs kind of brought back the, the feel that we, a sports fan had been missing. And so mm-hmm. it's exciting times for sure. And uh football season is coming up. It's going to be super fun. I actually, this is a good time to bring this up. Um, in the next couple of weeks, I would assume uh, this guy right here wants to start his own fantasy football podcast because with football comes fantasy football. Everyone loves it. Who loves football? And so he wants to start a podcast. And so hopefully me and Maddie B will be in it. Um, because we're all going to be in the same league. And so, oh, yeah. Uh, I just want to say that. So, this is like good practice for you to kind of get used to what a 
oh, kind yeah, of how yeah. the podcast will go in a sense and right, just getting familiar yeah. with it. But I'm pumped. I'm pumped about it yeah. too. Definitely. Fantasy not, that I, not that I have a bunch of uh, plans for it set in stone just yet, but yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to get it started soon. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully we'll have our fan, whole fantasy league and everything else started. Yeah. Uh, I know at least Matt, Charles and I are super huge fantasy fans too. So yeah, we are time to talk about, but yeah, I'll save that for a different time. For now, this is Charles's podcast. I won't. And Maddie B's, it. but yes. And Maddie <laughs> B's. I won't take the light from them, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fantasy football is going to be in full swing. And some people I feel like care more about that than actual football. And I can say I was definitely one of those guys, but not anymore. But I was one of those guys. There was um, a time, there was a point in my life, too, where I was like that. Where I just stopped caring about the NFL games, but I know now I uh, now I just try to find like all the time to watch both NFL and fantasy football at the same time, and just takes up my whole life. But I enjoy it, right? Um. So kind of you know we talked about obviously the the quarterback matchups. Um, Is there anyone like you know? Because as of right now, I guess yeah. Give me your predictions. Just off of so far and what you personally think like would be better for the team, who do you think is starting week one for uh, each you know quarterback duel? I'll, I'll go with the first one. We'll do Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. We'll do one that's not a rookie versus a veteran. Right. Yeah. Since I, mm-hmm. You can say Drew Locke is pretty seasoned by now. Not, mm-hmm. not that I'll say that he's a great quarterback necessarily, but I still think he's got some fight in him, you know. Yeah. He's never really had with his time in the Broncos, he's never really had that kind of competition where he's needed to fight to keep his starting job, you know. Right. And now with Teddy Bridgewater hanging out with him. Not I wouldn't say necessarily that he's the greatest quarterback either, but he can give some flair from time to time. Definitely with his longer career. But um I definitely would still say Drew Locke. I think he's still got some energy in him. He's the one performance that I've seen in is uh, the preseason game with the Vikings. I thought that was pretty impressive. I thought yeah. he was swinging the ball really well. Mm-hmm. Threw like that 80-yard touchdown. I right. can't remember to whom, but still, though, I think he was making great moves out of the pocket at every quarterback detail. I was impressed. Right. Yeah, I. this is a tough one because – you know, Teddy Bridgewater's not a bad quarterback by any means. Like, he can – he's a starting caliber quarterback. He's probably on the the lower echelon of starting quarterbacks, but he is a, a starting quarterback, I feel like. And so is Drew Locke. They're in kind of that same tier. Now, I think Drew Locke does have more potential since he's a lot younger. So there's, you know, more that he hasn't, you know, maybe quite shown or developed. But with Teddy Bridgewater, you kind of know what you're going to get out of him. Mm-hmm. And so it makes it really – I personally think Drew Locke's going to start too. I think they really, you know, Brian Teddy Bridgewater to maybe help, uh, you know, fire up Drew Locke a little more. Um, and if, you know, Drew Locke, he's like the safety net. If Drew Locke is not playing well, then you can throw in Teddy Bridgewater, who's, you know, uh, a veteran by now. And he can, he's a consistent quarterback. He can give you some solid play. So I personally do think Drew Locke will still be the starter week one bearing any injuries or anything, but no, I agree. It's like with any of these quarterback matchups, it can switch honestly at any point in the season. I feel like depending mm-hmm. on how they play. So 
Yeah, but jumping into the second one, uh, well, yeah, jumping into the second one, what do you think about Jimmy G and Trey Lance? And who is uh, starting week one for the 49ers? Starting week one for the 49ers. I don't know. That's a bit tougher. I'd say that's a bit tougher for me. Trey Lance, I mean, we've seen him in a preseason game so far, but I don't really know. The 40, I wouldn't think like the 49ers as a team would need to like bet on a rookie quarterback like that. Not right. that not that Jimmy G is very good or dog water. You know, he's <laughs> yeah. kind of middle of the line, kind yeah, of like water, mm-hmm. just with less experience, you know. But right. that's interesting. I would um say, okay, so I like to think if I'm part of the 49ers organization. Say if I'm like the head coach or something, I would probably put Jimmy G as a starter week one and then maybe roll Trey Lance in a little bit more down the line. Right. I, I, I definitely wanna, wouldn't want to put all my eggs in the same basket, you know, yeah, no. for a rookie quarterback just coming off of being drafted. But yeah. I think that's I, just more of a safer pick for me. But what do we, what about you? I think, I think Jimmy G starts. Um, Trey Lance is more of a developmental quarterback anyways, in my eyes, in terms of this rookie class. Um, no, that doesn't mean I do – he, you know, could still start, you know, sometime this year. But yeah. with – based on the, their team, Jimmy G is the best fit. I feel like Trey Lance still needs to develop as a quarterback. Um, but it's clear the 49ers want, want them him to be their franchise quarterback because they, you know, they traded up to that third pick and they selected him. You know, over Justin Fields and Mac Jones, uh, when a lot of people weren't too sure if he should have been that high of a pick, but you know, Trey Lance's potential might be higher than any of the quarterbacks, uh, assuming he hits that because of his ability to rush with the football, and he's got a really good arm too, so he could be a really good dual threat quarterback. But he's got to develop. You know, uh, he's got a lot of things he needs to work on, and with that team. I think it's best that he sits under Jimmy G this year. And I think Jimmy G can give them another year of uh, no productive football. But, I mean, Trey Lance, just off the week one, you know, he is exciting. I feel like he's going to be a really good quarterback. And Matt and I were, were talking about on Friday, this quarterback class is loaded, honestly. And this draft class in general just seemed really loaded with talent, but the quarterbacks especially. I think all the, the first-time quarterbacks are going to be good quarterbacks, like really good uh, you know, so it'll be exciting to, to watch them kind of grow. And we already have young quarterbacks, Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, you know. And so it's definitely going to be a new era of quarterbacks. So yeah, it's exciting. Um, it's going to be fun to watch, definitely. We'll do uh, one more. No, we'll do, we'll do two more. Um, we'll do uh, Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. The Saints quarterbacks. Saints quarterbacks. This is probably my probably my most confident pick. 100% Jameis Winston. I don't I don't have any trust in Taysom Hill. Um, <laughs> hot take probably, but I'll say he he was terrible. He was terrible in his preseason game. Badness start. Everyone thinks he can be a good little utility man, which I kind of agree by. But in that way as well, he's not really super, super talented in any position that he plays, you know, and the same goes for being a quarterback. 
even if he wants to carry the ball and be like Lamar Jackson more instead of just throwing it. I don't really see like the passing accuracy. I don't really see the strength from him. I, I don't yeah, know. I just don't believe he's he's like you said. He's a really good utilities player. You know, special teams. He can come in for a, a play. You know, to run it or throw it. You know, yeah. he has the ability to do that. I I don't think he's a starting quarterback either. Yeah. Um, it's just yeah, I just don't think his ceiling is high enough for it. Um, mm. he's still a really athletic player and he can, you know, he's strong, he can really run and he can throw the ball too, but I just don't think he has the ability to be a starting quarterback. And when he started last year, like for two games, I believe, um, he really only ran it, uh, which, right. you know, I have in fantasy, which isn't a bad thing for a fantasy football quarterback because he scored 20 plus points. Cause he ran, you know, for a couple rushing touchdowns. But, you know, in terms of for the team and being a, you know, like the starting quarterback, I just don't think that's the way, way to success. And the, this, you know, Jameis Winston is really intriguing. I feel like both the Saints quarterbacks, like, I don't know, I just, it's kind of a weird feeling about him because Jameis Winston, um, obviously he was a formal number one pick. So he had a really high ceiling coming in, hasn't quite lived up to that. Uh, because he just turns the ball over like crazy. I mean, his decision-making is just, he's got a, you know, he can, he's, you know, he throws really accurate and then sometimes he just throws really inaccurate and, you know, he just has trouble. I feel like reading defenses in a sense, because when he was a starter for the Buccaneers, you know, he had a lot of yards and he had 33 passing touchdowns, which is really good, but he had 30 interceptions, which is unbelievable. That's so many. Now, maybe the Saints can help him tone that down a bit. But, like, he's just such a wild card, honestly. Yeah, and Taysom no. Hill is a wild card, too, of a quarterback. So, it's – but in terms of, like, the project quarterback for a, a starting, you know, starting quarterback, Jameis Winston fits that mold much better than Taysom Hill. Yeah, no. I for agree sure. 100%. But that doesn't mean that Jameis Winston could lose his job still to Taysom Hill. Like, that could, that could happen. If he's throwing too many interceptions. Yeah, that could, so, that could be the case. I don't and the Saints, like with Michael Thomas not supposed to be playing, they don't really have any receivers. You know, they have Alan Kamara, yeah, but yeah, they don't have I don't know. I don't, I don't think the Saints are gonna be as that good this year. They still have a good pretty good defense, but I just don't think they're gonna they're gonna be like a five hundred team in my opinion, I feel like. But yeah, who knows? It's I, definitely um it's definitely gonna be exciting to see. Yeah, especially if they do start with Jameis Winston, regardless of if he throws like four interceptions or not, <laughs> it'll be kind of nice for everyone. But hey, we'll just have to see what goes on. And now you know the last one, which I'm actually confident in my pick. Um, this is you know if Martin listens to this, he might think I'm crazy. Uh, he might agree with me. I don't know because he's the Bears fan here. But Justin mm-hmm. Fields or Andy Dalton, who starts Week One. <laughs> Oh, I, I think I have my answer locked, but I want to hear your answer first, Charles. I'm going with Justin Fields. I'm going to go with the first kind of not put, uh, uh, you know, player in this duel who you might think would be the starter. But I think the Bears are just going to let Justin Field run it this year. Um, I personally think the Bears have a – they made the playoffs this past year, right? Just snuck in as a seven seed. 
Yes. So they have a they have a playoff team. Uh, their defense is still you know really good. So it might be dumb to just throw Justin Fields in there, but I don't know. I just feel like with how you know Andy Dalton is just average and average Andy. <laughs> um, he, you know, I just feel like the Bears with their quarterback play lately, they just want to, you know, I'm feeling that they, they want to let, you know, Justin Fields just, just take over and play the whole year. I don't know. I'm confident in his ability. I think that he, you know, all of them are great, but I think he might be, you know, his his IQ is just and, and off the charts, honestly. Um, I saw a stat where they took a – where like quarterbacks, you know, take a test on their NFL mm-hmm. knowledge or something along those lines. And the average score is like 110. And that's like a good score, I think. And Patrick Mahomes scored like 113, 115. And Justin Fields scored like 130. So his mm-hmm. IQ is is really good. And he's also a dual threat quarterback. And I just think the Bears, you know, they've been looking for hope for the last since, you know, for so long with the quarterback. I think they're gonna let him run it this year. And I actually think he's going to have a good year. Um, of course, if Andy Dalton starts week one, you know, I'll eat my words. And, I mean, I would understand that because he's the veteran, you know, to kind of maybe guide guide them and right. guide Justin Fields. But I think they're just going to let him run, especially if he keeps up this preseason play, then he really will. But, of course, he could fall off in the preseason and struggle. But mm-hmm. his week one performance was really good. So, I don't know. Oh, I just think – I think he's going to start. I'll agree to that. You think um, so? Well, I don't know. It's I know I said earlier that my mind is set. Originally, I was thinking I would want Andy Dalton to at least start week one. And I still kind of think that should be the case. As much hype as there is behind Justin Fields, I don't know if it's going to be right for any of the Bears fans, at least. Any of of any of anyone, uh, any of us all to start at all. Just because, um, I don't know. I don't say if I were even a Bears fan, I don't. I wouldn't want to live up to the hype just too much, just yet. I would, because I would be super disappointed if they started Justin Fields Week One and they just completely ruin him as a quarterback. Not to say the Bears team around him is bad, and like you said, it's pretty good too. But still, I I don't know. Right. I, I would. I, I would want to. You go ahead, Charles. I think an, another reason why he's going to start week one is because, what, you know, what's different about um, the other uh, guys, uh, other ones we've discussed, these guys were brought in, like Teddy Bridgewater was traded with Drew Locks when he'd been there. And, you know, he knows the system, obviously. Uh, same with um, Jimmy G and Trey Lance. And then James Winston and Taysom Hill. But like Andy Dalton, you know, the veteran and the rookie, as well as, you know, also Cam Newton and Mac Jones. Cam Newton's been there a year. Um, they signed Andy Dalton. He's It's his first year there, too, as the um, quarterback. So he has to learn the playbook. But they signed him before the draft. And I don't think the Bears thought they were going to get a quarterback, if I'm being honest. Um they obviously traded up really high to get Justin Fields and they saw him fall. Um, and so I thought they, you know, they brought Andy Dalton in in March and the draft was in April. They brought him in, you know, to probably be their quarterback. 
Now they might have drafted, you know, a rookie, but uh, I don't think they plan to, but then, you know, all of a sudden the draft night happens and just before you know, Justin Fields has fallen to 11 and they, they realize they can trade up to that pick. So they trade for him. And so I, you know, this is after the adult signing. And so I think that, you know, that is, I mean, I don't know for sure, but that's just going off, you know, what I think. I think that's another reason why he's going to end up starting for the Bears, honestly, because mm. I don't yeah. think they're expecting to get him, especially. Yeah. They really no. obviously loved him to trade up to get him that high. Mm. They trade up super, a lot to get him. And so I think that, yeah, I think he starts week one. Yeah, and and like you were saying, too, basically they're putting all of their money almost into Justin Fields, like – all the chips are on the table. Um, like you said, when the draft was happening and Justin Fields fell to their pick, they quickly took him. Um, I just wouldn't want them to jump ship too soon and right, not even ruin Justin Fields, but not have him develop to be a great quarterback because he definitely has the potential. It makes you wonder, like, if Justin – if any Dalton hadn't signed with the Bears and then, you know, they go to trade Justin Fields – would they have signed like Andy Dalton after the draft or retro quarterback after to, you know, like, do you think they would have, I mean, I don't know. They could have, but see, yes. I don't know. Like we just don't know for sure. Um, it's still going to be, uh, yeah. Like I said, the rookie class is going to be great. I feel like, so it's going to be fun to watch these guys, uh, no matter if they play this year or in the years to come. So yeah, that'll about wrap it up for the preseason. I mean, nothing too, you know, big happened. I mean, I guess like Michael Thomas and the Saints are kind of repaired the relationship that was kind of, you know, going murky for a little bit, but he came to the first preseason game. So that seems to be fine. Right. Yeah. Nothing's really happened, you know, just going to keep, you know, go week by week, except, you know, Tim Tebow got released. Uh, it's not really yeah, anything to talk about. I mean, it was really, yeah, sad that it is. It's really just like for marketing, honestly. Um, I mean, maybe Urban Meyer thought he had potential to play like the third string, but like he was just too old and he had never played the position. So like I knew like all along, like there's no way he makes it. If he does, and it's just for marketing, it has to be. <laughs> yeah, because he's just not. He's not. You know, it's I, been I totally agree. so long, but mm. yeah, it, that probably has gotten more news than any. Uh, Anything else in the preseason is like the Tim Tebow stuff, and that just shows much. that just shows you what he brings with to the sports world. Yeah, like he brings so much uh, people behind his back, and everyone loves him. And then he also brings you know so much people criticizing him, and you know like it's just so up and down. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, I I, I agree. <laughs> it's just funny to think of him, Tim but uh, as Jaguars tight end. Uh, yeah, his block well, was not anymore at least, but. I wonder what Skip Bayless is thinking. Um, (laughs) He loves uh, Tim Tebow. Okay, so now we'll talk a little bit about, you know, your your team, um, Mm -hmm. the Chiefs. And uh, first, actually, I want to say, have you seen the Travis Kelsey picture? I have. You have? Yeah, Yeah, it looks terrible. I don't know why you did that. He needs a gross (laughs) beer pack ASAP. It's it's definitely laughable. I mean, yeah. He's the greatest tight end. Well, are you gonna say ever? Besides, besides <laughs> Tony Gonzalez, he's the greatest tight end that the Chiefs have had. Oh yeah, oh definitely. But, yeah, Tony G, you can't forget about him. But I mean, I 
he's our savior for the Chiefs. I think <laughs> he's he's going to be handsome either way if he sh- like, keeps his baby face going or not. So, regardless of that, I'm super, super grateful that we have him. We still have Mahomes, thank God. We, I mean, we signed him to a 10-year contract, but still, though, anything could happen. No, but you know who else you got? Tyree Kill. And yeah, Tyree Kill has, has got a little bit of something going on with Usain Bolt about, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. about this uh, little playful challenge to a track race. For some reason, it's like, I think it's a, uh, yeah, a, hmm. So apparently Tyreek Kill wants a 40-meter race and Usain Bolt wants 100 meters. So I'm reading something that they're like, they should just do 70 meters to meet in the middle. Um, yeah, I mean, it's first, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, predictions after, but like, what do you think about this? Is it just like fluff? Is it just pointless? Or do you think this could actually be something like Showtime? Yeah, no, I don't think it's, it's not going to turn out to be anything. Like, it's just kind of, playful banter almost and I yeah Tyreek was a he was a track star in high school too so it kind of makes sense he's not like just going off here you know coming mm-hmm. out of the blue to be a track star uh you can kind of relate to Jake Paul going into boxing no one really saw that coming once he first announced it I mean Tyreek Hill has kind of done this stuff before and even after seeing DK Metcalf I believe run 100 meter like Olympic race. Yeah. Right. It's, I guess it, it's not uncommon. You can say that they want to do more track for sport, I guess. So it, it probably is just to kind of get the media attention up to challenge Usain Bolt's a little race. If anything, like DK Metcalf should be the one who challenges him because he actually tried a, a legit mm-hmm. Olympic trial, Tyreek Hill hasn't or anything. Um, yeah, there's yeah. also, I saw a little bit of uh, DK Metcalf, Tyree Kill kind of they uh, tweet at each other in July about uh racing, so this kind of racing seems to be um a little trend coming on. But all I'm saying is, if it was like pay per view or pay to watch, it'd be such a waste of money, you know why? Because it'd be like 10 seconds and then it's over, yeah. And, yeah. So, if that were to actually happen, um, like I'm just wondering what what is the point. I guess Usain Bolt brought up the point now, uh, which is, you know, auctioning or not auctioning, but like wagering one of his gold medals for Tyreek's Super Bowl ring, um, which which Tyreek, that'd make no sense because he only has one. Usain Bolt has eight gold medals. So like Usain Bolt, if he loses one, it's not a huge deal. He'd still have seven. Tyreek Hill would lose his only Super Bowl ring, you know. But like what, what I'm wondering like why, like you said, I guess it is, you know, playful talking and maybe that's all it is but you know it seems kind of serious with their tweets and what their comments but like if it if it is actually like they're being like more serious i'm just wondering what the point of it really is i mean i know it's bragging rights but like there's really no point to it unless Mm -hmm. of course i did uh wager their respective you know gold medal and super bowl ring but like i just don't see a point really in it like it's just you know, it's it's got to be just, yeah, for, like, more okay. money probably because there's really no point to it. Yeah. Um, I really can't give any other reason or excuse for them just besides it being, like, that media attention, you know. 
Yeah. And it's definitely not, it's not, we can't act like it's something that's never happened before. It's just kind of the age that we live in with media and everything. It's all coming up. Yeah. I can never see an NFL player wager their Super Bowl ring for something like this. Even if they were to win uh, an Olympic medal in return, I, I think it's pointless. So, I don't even know how it started, actually. I actually have no idea what, what prompted it all. I, um, no, I think they just tweeted at each other. Just one person had to tweet there. first. I, I, I guess I could look up who tweeted first. I think I think it was – if I were to guess, at least it would be definitely be Tyreek, just because he's – this isn't like him to go off on other people, definitely through Twitter. Um, Usain Bolt, I don't really think – I could be wrong, but I don't really think he is as active on Twitter as right. a bunch of other NFL players are, just like Tyreek, and they're always up to something. Yeah, that is true. Tyreek seems very active on Twitter, um, yeah. just from looking at it. Yeah, and, uh, I would, you know, I would, I would only pay to see the race if it was in person. Like I said, the only problem is it's like 10 seconds. If it was like a 400-meter race where it's like a full lap around the track, that might be a little better, you know, because mm-hmm. – but um, I think I'd rather see Tom Brady. I'd I, I pay to see Tom Brady right now race Tom Brady as a rookie. I'd rather pay to watch that race than Usain Bolt and Tyreek Hill. <laughs> that would be, be pretty fun to watch, not going to lie. That was, a, that was a joke from like a – he did like a segment like with men's health about showing his diet and fridge. And like one of the questions they asked him was like, who would win a race Tom Brady now or Tom Brady 20 years ago? And he's like, that's a really good question. I don't have no idea, but I'd pay to watch that race. Yeah. <laughs> I no. think that'd be really funny. <laughs> that would be really funny. Just, yeah. Just imagining 44 year old man. Yeah. So and running against a 23 year old Tom Brady, but like this yeah, Tom no. Brady 20 years later is definitely like in better shape. I feel like. In terms of like his physique and like his, you know, how his muscles work and all. Yeah. We'll see if this actually happens. Uh, you say Bolton Tyreek Hill. <laughs> it would be kind of ridiculous if it did, but kind of cool. But also, kind I'd be cool like, what's the way? point? Yeah, I'd be like, what's yeah. the point? Yeah, um, it would be cool. Um, just the same as people like saying, sh- like, what if Tyreek raced with an actual cheetah too? Uh-huh. Okay, that would be that would be better than him racing Usain Bolt for sure. But the cheetah, but no, actually, when the cheetah would win if the cheetah knew where yeah. to go. I mean, <laughs> actually, that'd be pretty pointless. The cheetah, if the cheetah knew where to go, Charles. Yeah, like where the finish line was. Well, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna. Well, how about, about how about Tyreek Hill getting? How about Tyreek Hill getting chased by a cheetah? I'd pay to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for Tyreek then. That's my wide receiver. Yeah, no, he, he would, would get caught. <laughs> no, definitely. Yeah, don't underestimate cheetahs, especially no, when they have like prey on their hands. Like Tyreek. Don't underestimate any wild cats like that. It's not yeah. going to end well. Yeah, um, all right. Well, enough of that little uh, bonkers NFL segment. Bonkers uh, race stuff uh mm-hmm. we'll talk a little more about what you this man right here his favorite sport every time i come into the living room and he's in there he'll have the mlb network on <laughs> so obviously he's a huge mlb guy um and this is a you know a sports podcast and so we're definitely going to talk about the mlb um 
How? Let me look up real quick. Uh, like the wild card standings. Is that when you want? No, to I'm looking up the MLB playoffs start date. Um, September 29th. Okay. Um. Oh, oh it's expanded. Oh yeah, that's right. No. Um. So I think they're going back to traditional playoff rules. That was only the expanded oh. playoffs was only for last year. Okay, and um. There's, there's still the wild card game, and that, so five teams per league. Right. It's the wild card game, and then the three uh, division winners, uh, one, two, three, obviously. Okay, so starts September 29th, so we still got uh, over a month. But mm-hmm. what are you kind of – first off, give me your one, two, three, four, five seeds for each – For each – yeah, the uh, NL for each league, NL and AL. Give me your one, two, three, four, five seeds, and then we can talk a little bit more about the like wild card specifically, like the race going on. Okay. But you can start um, with whatever league you want to. Yeah, no. Well, there's still a month and a half to go in the MLB season. Uh, like Charles is saying, I pretty much live, breathe, and eat baseball right now. I'm a huge fan. Go Cardinals. <laughs> there's nothing else for you to watch. I mean, there's really not nothing else on right now. So. Right. Well, yeah, it says a guy that hates baseball. Like, I don't, ha- I don't hate, I don't hate it, but <laughs> it's not something. Unless it's playoffs, I'm not going to really watch it. Right, right. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I'm just messing with you, Charles. <laughs> All right, I yeah. see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I think it's a little clear though. I think the picture, like the playoff picture, is becoming pretty clear, even that there's still a month and a half, month and. I don't know how many specific days there are left in, until the playoffs for the baseball, but the Rays, Tampa Bay Rays, they're mm-hmm. doing beautiful right now. People keep saying they don't know how with um, Dave. Uh, sorry, let me pull up the roster really quick. <laughs> sorry, is that your one seed, by the way, for the AL? The Rays? Yeah, I would believe the Rays would be my one seed, so I would want – I'm going to start uh, listing these all, like, from first seed to fifth. Right. But definitely have the Rays as, a, as the number one seed. They've really impressed every analyst, every, like, casual fan, um, anyone in between. You know, people were kind of saying they wouldn't – they would kind of die off a little bit from their World Series run last year, even though they didn't win the World Series. But still, they're – Arguably, the team is just as good this year, even though they don't that they don't have star players. Um, even though, yeah, even though they don't have the star pitchers like they had, the dominant bullpen, everything like that. Um, there's a lot of players that they lost or that they traded, but people are still baffled that they kind of they're still floating a little under the water per se, but. Um, yeah, they're 72 and 47 right now, which is the I believe the best record in the no, it's tied for the best record in the MLB. But no, I'm actually pretty relieved that the Rays are in the number one spot, even when they're in a stack division that has the Red Sox, the Yankees, and even the Blue Jays too. Um, right. I think they're still deserving of being the one seed. Yeah, that that uh the AL East is pretty good. Like mm-hmm. And then the, the AL West is good, too. Uh, Astros, Athletics, and Mariners. Yeah. But, yeah, continue on with uh, your uh, uh, postseason predictions. Right. Postseason picture. Um, yep. 
like Charles is saying, the ALS is a little strong, I will say too, but I won't. The Astros are in the first place spot for the AL West. I think they're going to be a pretty good team, especially down the stretch. They've always been usually pretty clutch. Cheaters. <laughs> honestly, I, I kind of want to give them a – I still want to give them a chip on their shoulder for that too, you know. But I would probably say the White Sox, definitely. Um, okay, as a two seed? Yeah, the White Sox is a two seed. Um, even though that they're um, – you might not think 69 and 50 is the best record, but still, again, looking at their roster, they made so many uh, really good moves over the trade deadline as well. Um, they have a bunch of – they had a bunch of great players even going through their farm system before then as well. And but. just to clarify, um, the MLB, it's the, the top three teams are the division winners, right? Yeah, no. Top okay. three teams – Yes, um, and yep. So the top team in each division goes on. Yeah, and the White Sox. At, when I'm looking at, it, they've almost. It's not guaranteed, but like, they're you know out of any of the AL teams so far, their their cushion is definitely the biggest for you know winning the division. Uh, the Indians in second are 11 games back, but you know the Red Sox are only four games back of the Rays. Yankees five games back, and then in the West, the Athletics are only 2.5 games back of the Astros. So the White Sox have a really big cushion in the AL Central to win that right. division, and winning that division is guaranteed top three. So right. yeah, no, you're, it's looking good for them for sure. Mm-hmm. And always a tricky thing too is that it always leaves uh, two teams remaining. It can be in any spot in the AL or NL, but they mm-hmm. can come up from behind at the very last second too and clinch those wild card spots. So. Um, other than what I've had to say, at least about the Astros, I would say the Astros are going to win their division as well. Um, as much as I'd want to, as much as I'd want the A's to at least go on and win as well, I don't really right. see them. They don't really have as good of a pitching staff, um, rotation, anything else like that. The Astros just beat them in every level. As much as I kind of hate to say that, but yeah, it's reality, you know. Yeah. So now the 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 juicy kind of um, portion oh, yeah. of this, who <laughs> are taking the two wild card spots, right? In yeah. The AL. No, I'm excited. The two to wild this. card spots. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a, a good race. race, definitely. Yeah. No, it's a it's a great race. Um, as being a diehard baseball fan too, I would definitely prefer there to be more than two wild card spots, just because there's so many good teams that aren't leading their own division. And eventually, there's going to be a lot of teams. So, would you want there to be like four then, maybe four wild card teams instead of two? Four would kind of be good. Um, just looking at the playoff picture, still, there's just a lot of really good teams that I love seeing play that aren't going to get the chance to play in the postseason. Like, um, best example, I think, is the Angels. They are do. They're five spots back from taking the first wild card spot. And honestly, I don't really think that they're going to make the playoffs, unfortunately. Um, they're a really good team on paper. I think they've just never been able to kind of get all the pieces together. Um, they have solid pitching, I'd say. They have good batting. You know, nothing, none of their statistics really like fascinates me or wows me, you know. They, I mean, obviously, they still have those two star players, Trout and Otani, 
even they also have Anthony Rendon. Uh, even still that most two of those players have been out for, uh, I believe, a few months now. Well, right. Anthony Rendon, I think only a couple of weeks, but still, though, I think they should be a lot better than the spot that they were at. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really think they can pick it up from the standpoint that they are now with only having that month and a half left in the season to go. Um, outside of that, though, there's really outside of the Angels, there's really good teams that can be highlighted that I really would want to see play in the postseason. Um, outside of the Angels, too, I really think the saddest story um, from the American League is the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. Not even because they're behind the Rays to be um, to get that starting spot, but they're also having to fight the Red Sox and the Yankees for that long wild card spot as well. Because I don't think the A's are going to regress a little bit. The A's are probably going to take at least one wild card spot. They're probably going to take the first. Um, okay. I don't really see them dropping down a little bit more, even as time goes by. But the Blue Jays, on the other hand, will have to fight the Red Sox and the Yankees, which are both fairly stacked teams, uh, especially the Yankees after their signings on the deadline. Um, But the Blue Jays, I don't know. They have so many star players. Um, Vladdy Jr. even having an MVP caliber season, he might not even get the chance to play in the postseason, just like the same thing that happened last year. Um, They barely got snubbed. Um, Just a lot star young players they're going to miss out on it but yeah hopefully the blue jays might be able to sneak in and get that second wild card spot but if i if i were to predict right now um mariners are on a surge honestly even though that they're a game behind the toronto blue jays i think they can pull through a little bit they have a bunch of star players too just like the, the blue jays um the only upper hand that i would say in comparison between the two teams though is that the Seattle Mariners, they they quietly have a team full of sluggers. Um, the player that I'll note, Mitch Haniger, you might have heard of him before, um, but I think he has no, there's been no media attention about him, but I believe he has 25 home runs right 26. now. 26 home runs, yes. Thank you for correcting me. You're all right. Yeah, no. Um, Barely anyone has heard of him, but I believe this is his second year in the majors. Um, I think actually third year, but I could be wrong about that too. But that's not the that's not the point. Um, Mitch Haniger and the Mariners. I think they're going to take the second wild card spot with the Athletics. You think they're going to beat up the the Yankees and the Red Sox? <laughs> yeah, I, that's I a bold the statement. That's a bold gonna, statement. I like it. I yeah, like it. No, definitely bold statement. Red Sox, Yankees, and Blue Jays, they're all not going to make the postseason, but the Mariners are. I think um, that'd be an awesome story. I think the, the Mariners and the A's would be a really good wild card game then. Yeah, Definitely. no, that'd be that'd be amazing to watch. 20 years to 20 years since the Mariners have even made 20. Dang. So it'd be amazing to see. All right, before you pick your NL, I'm just gonna turn my light on because I'm getting pretty dark. You can see. <laughs> So I'm going to turn my light on real quick, and but then you jump into your NL predictions. Okay. But yeah, no, that would be that would definitely be amazing. Oh yeah, that's that's much better. It's a lot. Yeah, that is actually a lot brighter in your room. 
Man, that light is bright though. So sorry about that. All right, it's okay. getting a little late here, but cover right. with your hands. yeah. No idea. All right. Um, yeah, no. I'm excited to hear your NL predictions. Uh, I Ooh. don't think uh, there's going to be uh, any bias involved. Is there a St. Louis Cardinals fan? Yeah, no, <laughs> Cardinals fan definitely. Be, not, be, but... be, be completely honest with me. If you really think the Cardinals are going to make it, then obviously you'll yeah. say it. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Well, let's see I what you think said. the National League is going to be as tight of a race as the American League is. Um, not even being biased, I don't really think the Cardinals are going to make the wild card. Um, they actually, they actually have a really important game going on right now with the oh, Brewers yeah. that's playing as we speak. But the Brewers are almost a walk to make the, um, the top spot in the NL Central. Right. And that's basically what you'll need to make the wild card. Because um, with the wild card, especially in the National League West, I'll have to highlight that you're having to battle the Dodgers, the Padres, and the Reds, and even the Phillies and the Mets for that second wild card spot. Don't even think that you're going to take the first wild card spot. That's the Dodgers. Yeah, but they're they're a huge lead. All those teams, yeah, and Padres have the second wild card spot right now, even though that they're slumped a little bit. They've been five and five in their last 10 games. Um, not a lot of improvement, even though Tatis is back from his injury. Um, still, though, I think the Padres, they're going to keep that second wild card so you think, spot. So you think the Padres are getting the – okay, the five. So you think the Dodgers are – Losing to the Giants in the uh, NL West, and they're going to get the, the fourth, yeah. the first wild card. I agree with that. Okay, yeah. so you already yeah. basically have confirmed the the Brewers and Giants. Um, what seeds are those two going to be? One and uh, two. I would say so. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Giants, Giants at number one. They've been even more, maybe more impressive than the Rays this year, mm. honestly. Yeah, which is definitely surprising. Um, no one really saw this coming from the Giants in the, in the past season. Um, everyone really saw this from the Dodgers, honestly. And the two big acquisitions, Turner and Max Scherzer, they just right. make the team a whole lot better. But really, in the West, I think the Dodgers, the Dodgers are going to keep that first wild card spot, but they're not mm-hmm. going to beat up the Giants to get that number one seed. Right. So, it's going to be especially tricky for all those wildcard teams that are slowly creeping up to try to get that last spot. They will basically – they won't really be able to, is the thing, because the Dodgers and the Giants both have really Yeah, I think if you have to play as the second wildcard team, either the Dodgers or the Giants, that's going to suck. And then if you're the Dodgers or the Giants, you're going to be thinking, man, I have to play in a wildcard game when I had this good of a, se- te- a season. Mm-hmm. Like, that's going to – yeah – that's going to suck because, yeah, hey, no. you never know. That second wildcard team could knock them out, and then they're boom, they're gone. They don't get to play in the series. Yeah, that's no, the thing about the, the postseason. But the yeah, MLB. that's the thing, definitely. And um, say if I were the Padres as well, even if they weren't to – they were to slip up a little bit and not get that second wildcard spot, they probably would feel pretty bad just right. for um, – I wouldn't say last season was a disappointment to them. I would, They made the NLDS. They beat out the Cardinals too, and the uh, the little series that they had last year. I forget the name of it, but it was the it was like no, it was the wild card series. That's what it was. Um, they did that special little thing for the the pandemic season, as we like to call it. Right. But yeah, no, the 
Padres, I think they definitely deserve that second wild card spot. And if they don't get it, I don't feel bad for them. Same with the Reds, honestly. I haven't talked about the Reds a lot, but um, both the Reds and Cardinals are um, multiple games back from the Brewers from taking that top NL Central spot. The number, I'd say the number two seed. Right. Uh, yeah. So that leads me out. You've, you know, covered uh, most of the NL, but there's one uh, section you haven't covered, uh, and that's the NL East. And so basically, yeah. none of those teams are making the wild card, but one of them will make the playoffs on who wins the division. So who's going to win the NL East? Right. Yeah. That's, that's probably what you're about to jump thing. into. I think. Yeah. That's the fun thing. There's three really good teams right now um, in the NL East. None, none of the teams have really impressed me um, this season and definitely in the past seasons. Um, but I would love to see either the Braves, the Phillies, or even the Mets. If they could all get in the postseason, that would be awesome. But, yeah, it pains me a little bit to say that I can only get to see one team. Right. Um, as much hype as there was with the Francisco Lindor signing and everything else beyond with the Mets, I would love to see them in the postseason, but they're not going to make it, I don't think. They're really slumping right now, and um, getting the news back that Jacob DeGrom is not coming back for the rest of this season is pretty much the nail in the coffin, you know. Um, yeah. Having to fight the Braves and the Phillies for that last spot, they just can't keep up with them, you know. Um, and as surprising the, as the Braves have been, you know, with losing Acuna, definitely, and Ozuna, but that was pretty early on in the season. They still have the top spot in the NL East, which is surprising because I think my pick to finish out the season as a top in the NL East is probably the Phillies. Um, they've really impressed me with Zach Wheeler, especially. I think he's a Cy Young caliber pitcher. Um, yeah, Bryce Harper, Odubo Herrera, he's stepped it up definitely for them. But yeah, no, I think the season's going to go to the Phillies. A little sad to see the Braves and Mets not make it, but they'll just have to wait. Okay. All right. I like the uh, – I like it. I like your uh, picks. Um, I, you know, obviously I don't know much about the MLB. I'll just really be here for the postseason to analyze the games. But, uh, yeah, you, uh, Sam, just gave uh, all you guys your little MLB, Phil, if you're uh, looking for it. So – that's why we got him. We had him on here, especially for this episode. He could talk about the MLB. Um, yeah, there was a few more things you want to talk about um, in terms of the MLB. Uh, you know, specifically that you had uh, brought up when I asked you to what to talk about. You want to talk about Chris Davis retiring? Um, oh yeah, go oh, go into to that about uh, what you wanted to say about that. Yeah, no, it's sad to say. Um, just a few days ago, not even. Right. God, Chris Davis. I went. I. I don't want to be so sad to say that he's left us, but he's left the MLB. And right. Even though that that was a really good move, at least for the Orioles and even for Chris Davis himself. It's just kind of sad to see him go. You know, at least for myself personally, just seeing the the really huge highs that he had, the just the roller coaster of a season not even for this season, but the last few that he's had um, and primarily 
the 20, I believe 2013 season was his best by far, but 53 home runs. Yeah. That's a lot. (laughs) 53 home runs is a ton. And it's sad to see him go within a three-year span from 2012 to 2014. He nearly got 150 homers just from a three-year span, which is a huge amount. Not even if he could get – taking out the 53 homer season even, um, it's just really impressive of him. And what the main thing that wanted me to talk about Chris Davis and his retirement – is that six-year – no, no, sorry. Seven-year, $161 million contract. That is pretty much the worst contract signing in sports, I would say. Uh, mm. Not even taking out any other contract that any player has signed throughout, like, the major – like, the big four in sports. They The Orioles were just riding so high. Um, so – yeah, the Orioles were riding so high on Chris Davis. He was averaging at least 40 home runs a season. He had four good seasons of that with the Orioles. And <laughs> I don't know what was going on with their front office, but they had the, the genius idea of signing him to seven years. And this was before all the super major contracts was given out too. Um, rarely any 100-plus million-dollar contracts were given out at that time. Yeah, and they decided to go in and pay him $161 million, which is a crazy amount of money, even so today. But yeah, it's yeah. sad to see Chris Davis go. It's I, a good move for the Orioles, but yeah, no, it I'll, never panned out after that, say, 2016 season. It never panned out for them. I like how you brought up how back then when they gave him that contract, like $100 million was like, you know, like, wow, that's never happened. You know, that was really rare. But then, you know, now, you know, like at least a couple of years ago, there's uh, – I remember you and I were actually at the gym uh, at Lakeshore when we talked about it, but, like, Bryce Harper getting $300 million. And you are like, yeah. that's ridiculous. Like, that's yeah, so no. much money. And then, like, Manny Machado got $300 million or something. Like, mm-hmm. there's some big contracts now in the MLB. Yeah, no. I, I remember that time, too, when Bryce Harper got signed. And then – yeah. I believe Manny Machado got signed a few days later from that too. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's crazy to see all of these new contracts coming out that uh teams just paid hundreds of millions for. They they're willing to spend it, man. And then you know, the NBA. Mm. There's been a bunch of contract extensions and you know, of high 190 million, 200 million dollar contracts. So the yeah, teams no. are paying up. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I would say. Even for the NBA, too, the offseason has been going wild for them, too, with all these. Yeah, with Matt and I. Resigned and traded. Yeah, Matt and I covered a, a lot of that in an episode, kind of like uh, the whole, like our grades on some of the, the moves and just all that had happened. Because, yeah, the NBA, this mm-hmm. NBA free agency was uh, hectic, I will say. Like, as soon yeah. as it started, too, uh, at 6 p.m. exactly on that Monday, the 6th, I believe, or the night, I can't remember, or maybe it was this, I don't know, one of those days, um, it's right at six o'clock, it just like, boom, uh, Lonzo Ball to the Bulls, uh, you know, uh, blah, 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 uh, Devontae Graham to the Pelicans, uh, all of this stuff just, I don't know where it just, all of these, Russell Westbrook, he was already traded to the Lakers beforehand, but yeah, it's just been a 
hectic NBA free free agency and nice. off season in general. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. So uh, last uh, topic uh, we are going to talk about. This is another one that you uh, would like to touch on, and um, I'm a little uh, excited about this one because uh, if I had to pick a team in the MLB, I'd probably pick the Royals, but the Diamondbacks would be up there too, because I think that their logo, like the A, especially mm-hmm. with the, the little bit of blue in it, like that one is really cool. Plus, like, I'm a Phoenix Suns fan, so, you know, it, it makes sense uh, to, like, you know, the, the team, the baseball team, in, you know, around Phoenix and Arizona. So the Diamondbacks are, you know, if I were to fall, if they made the postseason, I would be rooting for them, essentially. Mm-hmm. And obviously they're not going to because they're terrible, but they're they've got you know it seems like a a really promising young pitcher on their hands because Tyler Gilbert in his first well he's actually not that young he's twenty seven but yeah I was gonna his say first, his first taste of the MLB as a pitcher right and he throws a no hitter that's yeah. I mean that's crazy like it's that's so cool to see um, what are your like yeah what are your thoughts on it would you it's yeah it was definitely awesome to see that no hitter from tower Gilbert on his first start, no less, but yeah, no, I believe he got drafted by the Diamondbacks when he was about 22, 23 ish. He's been um, rolling around in the minor leagues all that time, but it's just a kind of a, almost a Cinderella story. You can say just to have him finally make it all the way up to the majors and get his first major league start and be able to throw no hitter against the Padres too, no less of a, Offensively stacked pod, Padres. He, he actually was drafted by the Phillies, so they must have traded him to the Diamondbacks in some trade. Uh, right, you know, where he was just a prospect. But yeah, yeah, no, I that probably was the case with the Phillies, but yeah, I didn't actually know that. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, it, it was just awesome to see, especially with his um, both of his parents in the stands. I believe it's just something that you love to watch about baseball. And right. that's always something that's a little heartwarming to me, especially more as a baseball fan, getting to see no hitter and no hitters and debuts, especially like that too. It's just awesome. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, you know, like has that ever happened in a first start or is that like the first time ever? Um, to my knowledge, it, hasn't happened in our lifetimes, but I believe there have been a couple other pictures. It hasn't been until I believe like 1960. Wow. That's happened before. So that's, yeah, that's really, you know, really tough to, it's already tough to throw a no hitter as it is, but you know, as your first start, like that just seems improbable, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to look up the, I mean, you might know off the top of your head, um, uh, so it wasn't a perfect game. So he must have walked, and there might have been an error, right? Right. Um, yeah. Do you know how many like walks he had? Or yeah, no, he didn't. I don't believe the Diamondbacks had any errors, but he did walk three batters. Okay, it's crucial. Yeah, because imagine if it was a perfect game. Like man, that. I mean, still no hitter is extremely impressive. But what if it was a perfect game? Like that would have been really like oh my goodness <laughs> what is right. this because the perfect game is you know it's perfect like no nothing you know mm. no one on base yes. oh, yeah. um 
Yeah, that's it's so super cool to see. I mean, how good do you think Tyler Gilbert's going to be? Is this, you know, like, do you think he's really – I know it's obviously a no-hitter, so it shows he's got some potential, but do you think he'll be like a, a star pitcher or do you think he's maybe just going to be, uh, you know, kind of average, maybe good pitcher but not star? Like, what are your thoughts on right. how his career is going to pan out? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's definitely hard to tell. I think with Tyler Gilbert, though, at least from what I saw from him pitching. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't think he's really got it in all in the pitching, like, arsenal that he has, you know. Um, right. He doesn't really have a really good velocity on any of his pitches, which is okay. super crucial. I think it was just a really – lucky scenario that he got, <laughs> you know yeah as kind of sad it is to say you know i really want tower gilbert to just shine for the diamondbacks but i don't know if it's gonna happen for him i wonder yeah i wonder like i was gonna ask a little bit more about like his pitches like his pitching style um what are like some of his most effective pitches and you kind of you know answer that and saying you know he struggles with his velocity of his mm-hmm. pitches um was there uh like and i was gonna see if you like saw the game highlights and like saw how he was pitching, like what your analysis was of that. Are there any like pitches that he has in his arsenal that seem really good though? Like, uh, right. was there was there a pitch he had that's like seemed really good at least for this his first start? Mm-hmm. Um, no. To be blatantly honest, there wasn't really any pitch that kind of wowed me. Um, he did throw. He does have a really good cutter. I'll say that. Um, I. I just want to say he just got lucky with batters. Okay. Like, uh, <laughs> of, he did get a lot of, like, hits. Not really hits, but, like, uh, Padres hitters would make contact pretty frequently with the pitches that he'd throw. Um, I, would, I will give Tyler Gilbert the credit of no batters really being able to kind of read where his cutter was going because that was the main pitch that he was throwing. But – other than that, better yeah. are probably going to really adjust to that definitely. And I was gonna say uh, go off too. It's also maybe you know in your eyes more lucky, but he threw it against the Padres too, which uh, you have as a playoff. You know the wild card, second mm-hmm. wild card team. So it's not like he uh, did it against a really bad team. It was against a good team too. So right. that makes yeah. it even more kind of in your you know your terms lucky. <laughs> oh yeah, no, definitely give him credit for that. I'll say that. Right. Um, yeah, so that, you know, wraps up uh, all the topics that uh, we wanted to cover today. Um, so uh, if you guys, you know, like I said earlier in the podcast, check out the YouTube version uh, on the YouTube channel. Um, and all the links will be, you know, in the description and all be tied in with one another. So you can find it on whatever platform you're using. Uh, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well, if you want to listen to audio and not watch the video. But thank you, Sam, uh, for filling in as a substitute for Maddie B. I don't think this will be the last time you fill in as a substitute. I could see you filling in for more episodes, and you might be talking with Matt, you know, next time. So, uh, yeah, thank you. It was, you know, episode five. You could say you're a part of the the history of uh, the No Nuts podcast. So yeah, no, it's, it's making history, basically. You're definitely our baseball analysis guy. Like, that's definitely your specialty. But you know a good amount of football, too. You know, American football. So, 
Uh, yeah. And obviously you, you like bowling and other stuff, but maybe <laughs> if we ever talk about that one of these days, yeah, no, you never that's, know. That's for future things to talk about. I'll say that, but yeah, yeah. no, it was a lot of, a lot of fun to be able to hang out. With you how, do you, how do you feel uh, about, you know, how does this make you feel about, you know, the fantasy podcast? Uh, does this make you feel more confident? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I definitely say so. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of awesome to always be in this little stage to set up mm-hmm. for podcasts. It's always fun to do. Yeah, no, I mean, I've noticed it too. I just love talking about sports. Uh, I mm-hmm. like talking in general, and this is, you know, the way to do it, having a podcast. Oh, but yeah. thank you, yeah, again, Sam, for episode being on episode five. Uh, also, thank you for not lagging. Uh, this little shot at Maddie B, if, yeah. he, if he even listens to this whole podcast. Um but yeah, it was a ton of fun and I will, I mean, I know I'll say I'll talk to you later, but you live with me. So, I mean, I'll see you in like three minutes or two minutes. So yeah, yeah. yeah. You're literally right down yeah, there. For Probably me. 10, 15 feet from each other. Yep, exactly. But yeah, thank you. Um, and yeah, see you guys. Hope you All enjoyed right. the podcast. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Charles.